From Ag Expert, it's the FCC Knowledge Podcast, a show that features great conversations about the business of farming while guiding you down the pathway to transition. Acknowledging that we might each have different values, even within our own family. Maybe the issue we're facing right now isn't such a big deal. It's something we can work through because we've talked about that. And welcome to our ninth and final episode of the FCC Knowledge Podcast for Season 3. Congratulations! If you've stuck with us all the way through eight episodes, we hope you found a lot of useful information and tools to start planning for your future. For this episode, we're going to continue that conversation as we review and revisit our previous discussions and bring vital information back to the forefront of the conversation. We've explored a lot of ideas throughout this season. And some of our amazing FCC business advisors from across the country are back to sum up the key elements and resources they've already talked about. There is plenty of information in our podcast series, and transition planning itself is a long and difficult journey. You're not going to hit all the nails on the head in one pass, so don't be afraid to revisit some of these previous discussions on your own. FCC Business Advisors Andrea DeGroot and Joel Bokenfor host this conversation featuring their fellow teammates. We will be referencing back to some of our resources we've already shared with you, including our eight-step checklist from Episode 1. If you haven't already started to use the checklist or have started taking notes on your financial state, your business plan, or your transition plan, feel free to press pause and open up these documents or print them off so you can follow along and maybe even take more notes on things you've missed or forgotten. We will link them in the episode notes. Here's Andrea to kick us off. I hope you have a pen and paper and are going to be able to follow us as we go through the previous eight sessions. So without further ado, I'm going to have Joel Bokenfor, one of my um, fellow colleagues from Alberta, join me. And uh, we're going to get right into this. Joel, welcome today. Thanks, Andrea. We had a long journey, lots of different topics, lots of different ideas, and the theme today is really about uh, keeping that conversation moving forward. So really looking at how can we review all those steps that we covered? We might have to revisit them time to time, right? There's a lot that got packed in there, and there's probably a lot that got left out too. This probably could have been a 20-part series, and we might have gotten through all of it, but there's a lot to cover and to revisit and repeat. And that's a bit of the theme today. We're going to talk a little bit about how you keep that conversation going, how you check in, what are some things that you can do to keep it current for yourself and continually plan and repeat that process. And because there was so many different topics, different ideas, different ways to start those conversations or to progress in a conversation, I think always recognize a little bit that it comes back to prioritizing which one you're going to move forward with and and what makes sense to you. It's a cliche you've heard from many of us, I think, at different times, but uh, this transition plan isn't something that's just uh, we had one conversation and we solved everything. I'm not saying that can't happen, but you usually don't get to the best outcome when that does happen. You're trying to get to something that we want to live into a little, make it continuous, and uh, right, we want to be really intentional was kind of the, the theme of this whole series is what if we got really intentional with our plans and moved it forward. As we kind of repeat and and re-go back through these, recognize each of those video series, you as a family member might address at a different point in time. So for some families, you might be past video one or two, or for some, right, you might be at the very beginning stages where we need to revisit what it was. And 
I think you and I both have chatted lots, right? With uh, every family we've met with, everyone's got something a little unique to them going on. There's no family in the exact same spots. You're going to prioritize and, and look at those videos as tools that you can use to guide your conversation in your situation. And uh, as it happens with a lot of families, right? Procrastinate on, on what we want to do with these things. And I always, always go back to why it becomes important to revisit when I meet with families that uh, if we're stuck on not knowing what to do, right, it means we need to, you know, look at what education is out there, what tools, resources we can learn from. We can kind of get the education behind us to move forward. If we're starting to be in a place where we're starting to, we understand what we need to do, right, then we need to start talking about how we're going to execute that plan and start to move forward and put things in action. And if we're trying that, then it's not working, right? It might mean we're not being really consistent with it. We need to start to look at how do we be consistent. So I look at those as pieces in this review revisit theme that uh, yeah we want to keep current I don't know what uh, comes up for you in your mind as we talk about this one thanks Joel I think one of the biggest things for me that comes to mind and uh, I feel like a bit of a broken record here too is that transition is something that's not measured in months or days it's measured in years meaning it's a constant evolution that's going to include your family it's going to include your business and because of all those moving parts nothing is going to be stagnant so there's going to be constant change, and that's why reviewing and revisiting this part is really truly a part of your day-to-day -day in your business. And I know that for some people, that process sounds daunting. And one of the biggest parts of that is even just to get started. And, and I hope that um, the people that are watching can look back, think back over the all of the nine series and say, we now know why we need to start. I know for some of the families that I work with, the night before I'm coming to the farm or we're having a meeting, they lose a lot of sleep because they're not sure what that conversation is going to look like. And they, they have some pretty big expectations that this is going to be, you know, solved in a day. Once you start talking about it, you're going to collect information. You're going to collect people along the way. You're going to collect ideas and that's going to get you where you need to be. So that when we talk about this as a process, it sounds really formal. It sounds very much like we're putting them in a box. And the reality is that we are not. This is about them. It's about understanding what's going on in their world, within their family and their business, and then finding the people and the resources in the industry to help them as they move through that process. I believe it was July that you got started with you and Anessa on that prepare and identify. When we started back then, we, we really had some clear ideas on what we wanted to accomplish from this transition series. And one of the biggest um, actions that we really wanted to focus on was getting started. And I know there's a couple of additional aspects that we've worked through. And one would be the checklist that as a team, we've all kind of been able to help um, share and create. It will help you ask questions, kind of write down some notes of things that you wanna come back to in the future. But that checklist is there to help you through this process. As Anessa and Joel were working through that prepare and identify, one of the biggest aspects that they wanted to introduce was the three circle model. So that idea that we have family, we have business and we have ownership, and there's going to be different topics of conversation for each of them. For some people, this has maybe been the first um, experience that they've seen those three circles. And uh, as we think back to that first video with you and Anessa, what are some of the other aspects um, of that video that come to your mind? Transition can be a noisy topic at times, right? It can be something it seems like there's a lot of things to think about. It was really about trying to get comfortable that, you know, these are things every family is going to face to some degree. For some families, things in there might be 
might be big issues for some, they might be smaller in nature, but every family does experience some things. So, you know, it's, it is something you're not alone on. There are some proven ways to kind of get plans together and, and make it unique to what, uh, what's going on for you in those three circles you mentioned. And in that one, we've really tried to just address, you know, what should we be thinking about early on to prepare and get ready for, for how we want to do this. We played uh, some fun games. We listed out a lot of the common issues that come up in plans we mentioned the it's a process, not an event, right? There are some some buzzwords in there. So if you go back to that video, we played buzzword bingo a little bit to just get used to some of the terminology and uh, that might cross your desk. And it highlights a little bit that there's not one answer, right? There's theories, I think, that we try to share that these are how people look at these things. And we try to share the, the theory or the idea of different ways people interpret uh, what they want to solve. And, and then it comes back to you as a family and, and a business to try to say, okay, how does that apply in our situation. So we tried to share a few things from that perspective, um, really about what you could do to get started and address maybe a little bit of hesitation that exists when you're planning up front and really starting to assemble that for each of those circles that uh, that you alluded to, right, that we've got one that is going to address our family needs and one that is going to be focused on the business and one that's going to focus on ownership that in addition to some common issues that can pop up, there's going to be different advisors that can play different roles in each of those circles. So, you know, if we're, if there's something we're dealing with in the family, right, that might be bringing in facilitator, that might be personal investments or things like that, or family participation policies. Um, whereas if we're in the business side, we might be looking more at business coaches, consultants from that side of it. And at uh, ownership, we might be looking kind of more lawyers, legal accounts, so we can get some perspective and ideas from, you know, you might need to pull different people in at different types. And then um, one of those key themes was to use that eight-step checklist in the early part of that checklist there that um, what can we do to get ready to meet different people, to have these discussions as a family? If I prepare this information ahead of time, it's going to put us on a path to have a much more productive conversation as we move forward. So it was really as a tool to highlight what you can accomplish up front, get comfortable with the terminology and some of the issues that that might cross your path and recognize that if we can develop clear goals for those, identify what might come, then we can start to craft a little bit of an action plan for what we want to do. And a question I ask a lot of the families I meet with is kind of thinking a little bit about the end in mind. What if you could just kind of wave your hands and something magically happened, the transition just kind of happened, what it would it kind of look like? And you can kind of work back, right? So what are we striving it for it to look like as a family? What do we want to see and make sure we don't lose sight of as a business? What's important to us? And as the owners of a business, what uh, makes it important for us to forecast into the future to say, this is ideal. Now, how do we work back from there? I think one of the concepts that I really think is important is that as you get started, you're not going to know the end result and being okay to continue to work through that and not have everything in concrete terms. And, and that may be the plan. That may be who's going to be taking over. That may be even the technical partners, those lawyers, accountants, maybe there's tax specialists, maybe there's a variety of different people that you don't even know you need in your transition plan that are yet to come in your future. And as you get started to be okay, that there's going to be some non-negotiables, some things you, that are really, really important to you that you know you have to put into your plan, but there's going to be a whole bunch of things that you're going to uncover. And that's why it's the process. You don't know all the information right now. You don't have all your partners um, ready with you. And that's why it's a process. So at the beginning, one of the biggest things from prepare and identify is to come in with that flexible, curious mind of saying, yeah, we're ready to get started. 
and we're going to trust that we're going to continue to work through this and get where we need to go. No one person has all the answers. So we have a great team that we were able to, to get some help from and recap videos as well. And so we're going to welcome in Valerie Panko, who's a business advisor from Saskatchewan. And she's going to talk a little bit about video number two, that was about assessing current state and identifying numbers and recapping a little bit from the business plan, uh, which was video six. Hello, everyone. I plan to offer a couple of pointers today around the topics of using your numbers to make decisions regarding transition plans and making sure that your transition plans line up with your business plan. So one of the biggest issues or hurdles that we often see people struggling with is knowing how to determine if there's enough farm or farm income to go around and support both generations through a farm transition. What I mean by that is determining if your farm can afford to bring another family or the next generation into the operation and to continue to support yourselves through retirement. So I'm going to assume that you've taken the time to accurately determine the income required for retirement for the senior generation. That was covered back in the first video in this series called Prepare and Identify. So we're going to presume that you know the financial needs of that retiring generation. You just don't know if the operation can afford it. So what we're talking about here is the level of profitability and viability of that existing farm generation. Remember, just because someone's returning to or joining that existing farm, it doesn't necessarily mean that more income or profitability will magically be generated. You'll have to determine how to allocate the existing profitability in the best interest of all parties. So this is often a stumbling block because you guessed it, it's probably going to involve some math. So I'd suggest you lean on your accountant or your financial advisors if you need some help in this area. Consider back video number two from this series, assessing your current state, gather up your financial statements and business performance records to evaluate it. If the operation doesn't end up generating enough in income to support another family transitioning into the farm and you've evaluated it early enough, there might be time to prepare or react to a successor joining the operation by expansion and ensuring that you've got that additional income available. The next area that I'd like to touch on is your business plan not necessarily lining up with your transition plan. So this one connects back to video number six, building a business plan. Let's talk about a couple of examples of this that I've seen. So perhaps a family has no identified successor and it appears that no one is coming home to take over the farm. Yet that operation is investing in land and actively expanding just in case. That may sound harmless, but this illustrates a perfect example of your business plan not lining up with your transition plan. If you're nearing retirement and saying you plan to sell and exit, yet you're actively expanding, it's really more about acknowledging your business plan and committing to it rather than falling into the trap of making those big decisions that might be rooted in emotion. What about an operation that's invested heavily in land improvements? It could be something like drainage, clearing, irrigation equipment. But here's the catch. The investments might have been made by the operating farm company, but the land is owned personally. And perhaps that land isn't necessarily secure into the next generation. So maybe that land is held jointly with a parent, or maybe it's held completely personally by parents. But the company rents the land and has made those investments in the improvements. What if the land and its improvements are integral to that business plan for the ongoing operation? I would assume they are. Perhaps that junior generation has avoided asking about it in the estate plan and the intentions for those assets, or they haven't been told. It might be information that's been withheld. Wills and estate plans are notoriously touchy topics. 
So this isn't really something that should be left up in the air, though. So this is for both generations to consider. We can't leave those critical assets or improvements unconfirmed for the ongoing operation. Take the steps to either find out the intentions or if you're the senior generation, make sure you're communicating with the next gen so that the business plan can be adjusted if necessary and ends up falling into alignment with that transition plan. Thanks, Val. Well, that was a lot of great insights. And I love the fact that Val really leaned in and gave some really reasonable and practical um, examples of where sometimes when you're working through numbers or you're working through your business plans, things don't go exactly as planned. The two key elements from video two and video six is really around taking the time to know the numbers. And if you don't know the numbers, find some people who can help you and having the conversation about um, what is going on in that business plan. Joel, how about you? What were your key takeaways from Val's video? It really aligns this one in particular, I think along that revisit and repeat process. As we're revisiting that process, it's gonna be kind of another living document that's gonna say, um, we know our numbers and we've got good process around that. Um, We've got a working business plan that we can use as a family to keep having these discussions and actually put numbers to it that say, are we in a place where we can expand and we can grow and also have uh, multiple generations drawing income from this business to move forward with? And is that something that we're committed to or the senior gen is saying, you know, I've maybe bought my last combine or tractor. Maybe it's your turn now. And is it from the farm or from operations if we have uh, different entities working side by side? When we're having these conversations, a lot of stuff gets lumped together and it really helps us start to separate out, okay, what's our operational picture look like? And it's saying, well, we've made some acknowledgements, what our assumptions are, let's talk about the business and things like that. I like it as a tool to help you stay on track and something that you're going to keep revisiting. And I think helps both generations understand that from the junior side, maybe a little empathy that there's a lot going on in this picture that we need to maybe take into account and why it's kind of a stressful process for the senior gen that I think a business plan, uh, knowing your current state and having the numbers can really help you put some math to it to discuss some of those issues. I think there's a lot to take away and it's really becomes how do you live and keep that business conversation going as a family uh, is what resonates with me. After the break, we're going to keep digging up even more of those important key points from our last season. Don't go anywhere. All of your technical partners, whether that's your accountant, your lawyer, financial plan, your banker, whoever that is, they're there as an investment into your future. The FCC Knowledge Podcast is brought to you by AgExpert, farm management software designed for Canadian agriculture. Learn more at agexpert.ca. Just a reminder to like, follow, or subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us a line at podcasts at fcc.ca. Welcome back. The path to transitioning is not a sprint, but a long-term jog that takes years to complete. 
Sometimes the first step is just getting to that starting line in the first place. What are some ways you can keep up the pace and keep working towards crossing that finish line together with the rest of your team? Today, we're looking at reviewing and revisiting some of our key points of the transition discussion so you can do just that. Keep moving forward. Andrea, Joel, and other FCC business advisors have already talked about starting to compile your team, what important financial questions you should be asking, and what you want to see for your future. Here's Andrea to introduce our next member of the team. So we just talked about the importance of the business plan. Let's take a moment to review and revisit goals, values, and vision. And to do that, we have Corey Henderson from Swift Current Saskatchewan, and he's going to give us the rundown and a recap of goals, values, and visions. My message to you today is that reviewing and updating these values, visions, and goals for a farm is just as important as initially defining them, because we're in a fast-paced industry that continues to evolve, so your business will need to evolve as well. Let's start with your values. So your values are like guiding principles for the business and are more consistent, so they're less likely to need to be updated as frequently, although they can still change as life circumstances change, or maybe as partners are get involved in the business that have a little different value structure than, than what uh, the initial partners do. Or sometimes it's uh, as markets change and as consumer demands change, we might have to adapt to continue to survive in the industry to meet those changing demands from consumers. Now, looking at vision, vision is where you see the business in the next several years, usually maybe five years out, 10 years out. So it's more likely to evolve, especially as life situations change once again and as priorities shift. Look at your, at your vision for your farm when you're 25 years old versus maybe 40 years old with a, with a family and more established. When you're 25 years old, you got more time. You're probably more likely to take on more risk. Maybe you don't have that family, so you're, you're able to work longer hours, that type of thing. When you're 40 years old, now you're looking at, you know, you want, probably want to spend more time with family. you got more family demands. You're looking at the equity you've built up over time and, and maybe not wanting to risk that quite as much. So you're going to be maybe a little more conservative. You also, you know, have a spouse to consider as far as what's their vision and you know, how does that align to yourself and does that, is there need to be any shifts there? So as you can see, there can be a quite a, a substantial difference in that vision, depending on what stage of life you're in. Vision can also shift with different partners becoming involved. Maybe you're, you're going to farm with a, with a sibling, for example. Um, well, what happens if their vision is a little different than yours? You may need to adapt to kind of achieve a bit of a compromise between the two visions. So if one of you is maybe more conservative, whereas the other one's a little bit more eager to expand, how can you work together to make sure that that vision works for both of you? The third item is the goals. So goals are shorter term and are measurable. So think of goals kind of as a building blocks to achieve your vision. They'll constantly be evolving, uh, especially as an operation encounters opportunities and challenges. As many of you guys know, farming is an exact science. So sometimes challenges arise, you know, that impact how our performance was on a year or, or maybe what our future plans are. Opportunities also arise at times. Sometimes it's not the greatest timing. Sometimes it's, it's maybe not the size of expansion that we were maybe looking for, but sometimes these opportunities come up and, and it's hard not to act on them when they're available um, because they may not arise later on. So good example of this would be, I have a goal to replace my sprayer in the next three to five years. Well, maybe that sprayer, if it breaks down on you, for example, and you start looking at the cost of repairing it versus replacing it, and you're also looking at, a, at an expansion you know, opportunity that's coming up where maybe you need a little bit larger sprayer, well, you might decide to shift that goal and maybe increase its priority and, and maybe replace that sprayer a little earlier than you initially thought. Then you got to look at your other goals and say, okay, 
Now, if we've updated the sprayer goal and we're, we're shifting that priority, how does that impact our other goals? Are they going to continue to be achievable if we're going to do this sprayer as well? Another example where a goal might shift is you might have a goal to build a house in the next five years. Well, what happens if an opportunity comes up maybe to buy a parcel of land that has a house on it already? You might decide not to build the house because this one already has an existing house. And how does that change your the other goals as well? As you can see, the goals and the vision are, are going to be constantly evolving with those opportunities and challenges. So we got to keep working towards and looking at, okay, what is that? Where do we want to be? And then how is this going to evolve as we, as we encounter these challenges and, and opportunities? Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. I'm going soft as I get older here a little bit, but I, like time and time again, when we meet with families, I think we're trying to get them to a place where they can write these things down a little bit and, and, and put them out there that it makes such a difference when you're going back to your advisors, that you've got those goals clear in hand, that you've got them written down and that you can kind of line up and see why are we maybe button heads, dad and mom, they've built maybe the farm that they're content with and happy that they've worked towards and a lot uh, should be proud and um, right we're in an industry that is growth oriented and so sometimes um, there's that next gen's kind of jumping at the bit like we got to keep going we got to keep going and we're talking through those different issues of labor and purchases writing them out this openly discussing them couldn't agree more is something that time and time again makes such a difference for farm families that we see like a lot of farmers uh, you know my number one hobby is surfing kijiji for stuff that i don't need kind of keep you focused on okay what's the goal that we're working towards that um I want to buy something in the future I want to plan for that uh, can help you say no to certain things as well when you've got clear goals that pop up. Corey kind of touched on a little bit of how those visions can separate and and uh, right there might progress as we change and progress throughout our careers. And I always do like the values piece of it as well. But even going through a process, what aren't we willing to co- uh, compromise on to some degree, right? These are the things within a family that we should openly talk about and share. And, you know, what are the ones that we don't really compromise in, in when we have these discussions and that might be family-oriented, business, all kinds of different drivers that might pop up for you. But acknowledging that we might each have different values, even within our own family, maybe the issue we're, we're facing right now isn't such a big deal. It's something we can work through because we've talked about that. I think, Corey, recap that quite well, but I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit what stands out for me, Andrew. When I sit down and talk with families, the idea of goals and values and vision sometimes feels fluffy to people. And it, it seems like, oh, well, we're recreating something here. We're doing something that's new and we have to put it in this business plan. But the reality is that when you start asking the senior generation how they decided what opportunities they were going to take care of, you know, even where they were wanting to build their businesses over time, the reality is they have their own goals. And when it was just themselves or maybe even themselves and their partners, they were already aligned most of the time on those kinds of goals and values and visions, but they haven't necessarily written it down. And when you have that next generation coming in, this is now something that is not just your goals, your values and your visions for this farm, it's going to be more people at that table. And so that's where the formality of sitting down and really taking some time to write this down so that just as you know, you're surfing Kijiji, maybe that next generation, when they're surfing Kijiji as well, because I know my husband is it's a farm thing. I get it. They'll be looking and looking forward to doing the same things in the same kind of team environment. But if it's not written down and it's only in the maybe that senior generation's head, that's going to be really hard for people to come back to and to really ground them as to where they're going in the future. So goals and visions is something that once you get that aligned and you can and you can have that conversation, 
it really does bring clarity as to helping you put together that business plan. And once you have some ideas of that business plan, that helps you understand the importance of those numbers and moving forward that much more. I think it leads pretty well into the next one, right? There are things that we can bring to advisors as well, right? Like I think it makes such a difference when we've got them written out that we can kind of take the same story back out to different advisors that might help us along the ways. So Patty Durand, uh, business advisor from Saskatchewan, is going to touch on video four and five. So in video four was really about how you could look at assembling our team. And we had a great panel, a lender, an accountant, a lawyer that kind of joined us to talk about what you might need from their perspective. Let's turn it over to Patty and uh, she'll recap that session for us. Stop number four on your path to farm transition was hosted by Joel. Building a farm transition team, how to find the right fit. Joel assembled a panel of experts, an accountant, a lawyer, and a lender who explored and shared their experiences with farm families, identifying the most helpful guidance and what they know to be helpful steps for farm families seeking advice. I would encourage you to watch it yourself. There's some great things in there that I know to be helpful. But what really rose to the surface for me were two things. Number one, they highlighted ways to assemble an all-star team of experts that are not only willing, but able to work together and collaborate to identify options for your farm with your best interests in mind. What is the quality of a good advisor? They want you to look for and value curious advisors who you know are listening to you, asking really good questions and pushing you to consider other possibilities, but that you are also comfortable to ask them questions. Thinking about identifying advisors and the theme of getting good advice, in a family meeting, I will ask, uh, have you discussed future planning and transition with your accountant or lawyer? In a number of cases, the family or farm leader answers no. So why do some advisors open the conversations to discuss future planning and strategy while others don't? Sometimes the advisor that you're working with, such as the accountant or lawyer, are general practitioners without the expertise to offer or guide transition specific options. You wouldn't expect your family doctor to do your hip replacement. Likewise, your general accountant who can do an excellent tax return or lawyer that can turn around a mortgage on a dime might not be the right person to have the specialty of supporting transition. Another possibility is asking yourself, have I clearly asked for guidance and advice for my transition? Have I made time or given the professional time to delve into this advice? Have we prioritized time outside of each of our busy seasons to have a planning conversation with our advisors? Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes people seem to want to get in and out of the office as quickly as possible. Maybe they're trying to save cost. Maybe they just haven't placed a high priority or miss the opportunity to tap into that advice. How can you get unstuck if you haven't started this conversation with your advisor? You have this opportunity. Book an appointment with them outside of their and your busy seasons to have a bit of a blue sky conversation. You can explain, I would like to discuss the future of our farm and family. Ask them, is this something that you're equipped and have the expertise to guide us on? And if not, could you recommend someone who is? Most advisors I've worked with are very self-aware and know where their expertise lies and doesn't. And so they might say, no, that's actually not what I do, but here's some people that could. Occasionally, there are some that attempt to delve into it, but maybe aren't best suited. 
you have the ability to go and get a second opinion if you're kind of in question and just make sure that the advice you're getting truly is most productive and has your best interests in mind. If it is their expertise and you open the door through that conversation, you will learn that they can really be an active participant and share information and awareness with you that you wouldn't have otherwise. So don't let that resource go to waste. If you're feeling stuck, there's some ways to get unstuck. I'm happy to share. Well, thank you very much, Patty. One of the biggest things to take away from this is the fact that you do not need to do this yourself. Just at the beginning of today's session, and it's something that our team has mentioned continuously throughout our entire nine part series, is that you will be having a number of different technical partners that you're going to lean on. And they're going to come in and help support you through the areas that you're going to need. This really is an investment into your farm. No different than Jewel looking on Kijiji to find that piece of equipment. That piece of equipment is an investment in the farm. Your technical partners are not different than that. Their time, their fees are basically your investment into your farm. You're buying their expertise, their knowledge, and you're encouraging them to share their education with you so that you can be aware and really be more active and work through your transition plan in a better way. All of your technical partners, whether that's your accountant, your lawyer, financial plan, your banker, whoever that is, they're there as an investment into your future. So that's one of the biggest things that I think from this nine part series, I hope you heard loud and clear. And Joel, what about you? There's a lot there and I would go back to the wills one I think stands out for me. In your checklist, if you reference, there is an FCC tool that can help you kind of dump out what are some things I can prepare in advance to kind of get my thoughts collected and together for a will. They're good pre-planning tools that help jar some conversation and uh, there are ways to get creative with them. And I always look at that one. Um, there's a few videos that we have on the YouTube channel with Tom Deans as well. Really highlight value of the will is that um, it is going to be something we'll be reviewing and revisiting over time. There's always those stories of we're sending 40-year-old kids off to live with their aunt because we haven't updated it for 30 years. There are things we'll revisit. As we start in our plan, it might be general. It might be a little more open on what we want to do with our assets. We might be thinking about, you know, what if our kids are still minors and something happens? We should be prepared for that. And as we progress and we're developing a business plan with a generation coming in, there's going to be questions around, you know, what if either way happens and we're trying to build some certainty. So I always look at, we're trying to get some transparency out there in that process to say, we care enough about each other to make sure things are certain for what's going to happen. And we don't leave anybody on those what ifs or that old chicken will, I leave everything to my spouse. So they have to deal with it. I think we both met with lots of people that are, they're in their eighties and that will was in place. And now they're trying to go back to manage those wishes. And it's uh, incredibly uh, frustrating process for them to deal with too. Bring in those goals, values, uh, current state analysis back to the same advisors. And a lot of them like to work with other professionals and you as a family in that so you get the answer and they all everybody gets to hear the same messages at the same time. Well that brings us to our last special guest which is Terry Jones and he will be covering videos seven and eight. Video seven was about uh, train and develop and that is all about the people. So how are we going to support the people throughout this transition plan? And video eight was align and activate. That's all about bringing people back and having those tough conversations to gain alignment and to keep things going. Thanks, Joel and Andrea. So often we think that if you've grown up on a farm or you've worked on a farm all your life, you're ready to take over. 
you think about all of our professional hockey players, they're out there working every day. And who's helping them? Professional coaches. And some of the contracts, these coaches are more than what the, the players earn. So the value of coaching is something that is so vital and especially true when it comes to working in a farm operation. Understanding the why things get done and the way they are done is so important as this is even more vital than actually doing them. Because when something goes wrong, you got to understand the why. And if you've ever cared for a toddler, you, you hear the why, but why? And when you finally are fed up and you answer, because I said so, you know you failed. That's not teaching. That's not coaching. Teaching a toddler on the basics of things they have to learn as a kid is rather frustrating. Shouldn't be frustrating with regards to going into a farm operation. But when you're busy, boys, that frustration comes to life. And it's so important that we take the time to do it right. So I'm a believer in starting the development process by performing an assessment on the capacity of the next generation. Do a skills assessment. Um, and I recommend that this is an a self-assessment done by the junior generation members, but also done by the senior generation. Because you'd be surprised how different perspectives can be when we look at ourselves and when others look at us. And if you're lucky enough to have a job description where the roles of your business are laid out, add this to the process because it's just another tool that'll help you get better. Once the assessment is done, it's time to sit down and develop a plan with specific areas of focus. Who will be providing the mentoring? What is the expected outcome? And as always, put a timeline on each one of these activities. Evaluate the process, but don't be afraid to reevaluate the plan Go back and tweak things. And if things are working, move on to the next area and continue the process. And as you move through the plan, it's going to be time to actually say, let's do a test run. It's time for the senior generation to take a vacation, handing over full responsibility to the next gen and give them an opportunity to really build their confidence. Now, when I say a test run, for all those control freaks out there, it's not taking a weekend off. It's going away for a week or two. And what's reassuring about this is help is always a phone call away. Look at this as an opportunity to try and learn how to enjoy your time away while you're helping the next generation really move forward in their skills. But before I go, I want to share an encouraging story that I ran into. Mom and dad were slowing down and getting ready to exit the industry. Their kids had all gone off and found good jobs and they were settled. And during one of the family conversations, the son says, I think I'd like to come back and farm. Well, as dad said it, you could tell the hairs went up on the back of his neck. The son had a high paying job, just finished building his dream house down the road about 20 minutes away. Would he be able to give up that nice salary? Was he willing to put in the longer hours that are required when you run your own business. Would he be willing to sell his dream home and move close to the firm? And what about his wife? She's not from a firm. How would she adapt? Well, they sat down, they talked through it, and they came up with a two-year plan that they built together. The son quit his job, commuted back and forth to the firm, and he took only a market wage out of the firm. And during this period, they followed that plan and he learned the operations of the business as he worked directly with dad with the focus of trying to make sure that he would be ready when the time came. Well, here we are two years later, 
and the dad is now ready to step back. And he's comfortable that his son has what it takes to run this farm and make it successful. Their journey, though, is not complete because now they're focusing on the managerial or business management that's required to run your own business. So the development plan is continuing and dad can do this from afar. The good news is with the progress they've made so far and the clear path that they're going in the future, they're now starting to talk about a transition of the ownership. It's a win-win scenario. Terry covered that beautifully. It's amazing how many of these conversations I think we're in where the senior gen's got a whole host of experience, how they made decisions on the farm. They make decisions sometimes on intuition and knowledge and experience that they've had, right? And that senior gen is kind of grasping, how do you know what the right answer, what's the right thing to do in that situation? That can be frustrating at times for the senior gen, but acknowledging, you know, they're asking the right questions. It is something they're trying to understand. A why is not always a challenge. It might be, we're trying to get on the same page with that. And and I always look at if we're saying as a family, we want to transition this becomes a, an important thing to look at the mindset that we're going to bring to this in terms of how do we get on the same page? How do we be intentional about that training plan as well? How do we be intentional when the, the culture really starts to be something that you can be proud of owning as a farm? Not picking on the senior gen here, but I think the leader of the business going through these processes, you get to dictate a little bit of what that experience is going to be for people coming into the farm, that the actions that the senior gen has are generally the ones that are going to get mimicked a little bit when we're maybe secretive about things, sometimes tend to be the bad signs of leadership that uh, when we're trying to be open and transparent, you really get a lot farther in a plan than I think as people and um, as a family. And so from the senior gen, that can be important. And from the junior gen, a little bit of empathy as you go through it too, that this is stressful for a lot of families to figure out. So having a little empathy as you go through the process to say, it's going to take some time, something you might have to work together on. And um, you get this opportunity when you're early in plans to really focus on a skill set that uh, you're not worried about keeping combines going or, or, you know, you're not worried about all the little things that are systemic in a farm that you can really focus on. What's the value I can bring back to this operation uh, before I start asking what it can do for me? What skills am I going to bring? How can I improve? What can we do from a business side? Goes a long ways in these conversations. Andrea, anything stand out for you there? One of the biggest takeaways that I know I wanted to focus on for that, um, that train and develop is the fact that both junior and senior generation are going to have some kind of development. And so the junior generation, absolutely, they're going to have some um, increases. They're going to need to add some of their technical skills. There may be a steep learning curve there for them. For the senior generation, it's also important to acknowledge there's going to be some learnings for you to some of the tasks that you have done in the past and to make space for that junior generation and acknowledging that you're both going to have that kind of plan and, and that training and developing what your new role is going to be. Because the whole point of transitioning is that your current role is going to change. And if we can go into it with that mindset of acknowledging that things are going to change, I think that just opens the conversation to saying, okay, where and how are we going to be changing? And and using that racing model, understanding the, the core personality that you come to the table with is incredibly important. I'm somebody that likes tools as much as anything that there is a reminder to say, hey, let's not drop where we are at. And I think there are things that we can use to be intentional we can find our own mix as a family for what's going to work for us. Some people need lots of formality, some very little, but it's still something you can keep current to keep moving forward with. Some tools to start that business conversation. I would go back to maybe video six and look at that business canvas that's there to say, okay, 
here's a bunch of things we can answer. We can do our current state analysis and then kind of look at a canvas to say, what is it going to mean for our family, for our revenue, for our cost structure? Those things that we want to build together, the three circle model, looking at that and kind of penciling out what things might we encounter as we go forward that might seem like a big deal today, but it's not going to be something that will impact us 10 years down the road. This is what we're striving to be as a family, as a business, as owners. And then finding process pieces, right? Formally scheduling meetings and maybe using tools like shared calendars or whiteboards, identifying tasks for clarity so that we're starting to own this process, I think, really stand up. They go a long way when you're working with your advisors too. Any final tips on your side, Andrea, as we wrap up? I have two. One would be around regular communication and setting it clearly up at the beginning, whether that be a family meeting and maybe that's an annual meeting. Do this in a regular basis so then you know when the meetings are coming up, what kind of topics are going to be on the agenda. Again, we talked about coming to the meetings organized so that you're not catching anybody off guard and they know what's going to happen. The second part would be acknowledging when and if you need to change the transition plan. What kind of events are really going to force that conversation? Is it if something happens in the business, if it's something that happens in the family and talking through those kinds of scenarios before they happen, when it's not an emotionally charged time, when there's not people who are stricken with grief, that's the time to have those conversations and say, okay, well, if something happens, we're going to hold everything for three months, then we're going to come together and have this meeting. But acknowledging what kind of events would even precipitate that kind of change in the transition plans and having that with your technical partners because they can lead that and it not be an emotional conversation for them. It's great that we bring it up in the review and the revisit because once you get that document, there's going to be life that's going to continue to happen and how can you continue to live with it? And um, I think that's really important. One thing that really stood out to me during today's conversation is the fact that this is your transition plan. It is not your financial advisor's plan or your lawyer's plan. This is your plan of how your future will look. So be sure your decisions are being made for you and not for anyone else. However, while you will be faced with some changes and challenges, you're not on this journey by yourself. Whether they are a part of your professional team or important family members that will be directly impacted by your transition, there will always be people there to help you with what you need in order to feel comfortable and content with your path. Lean on these people and don't be afraid to ask questions and talk about what you need. The most important thing is to keep going. Don't let your plans stagnate or get stale. We work in an ever-changing industry, and while you may feel like you've completed a transition plan, there are always going to be economic, relationship, or financial changes that might mean you need to go over your plans again. Even if it feels like a step in the wrong direction, it's okay to revisit and review your plan. While this season of the FCC Knowledge Podcast may be over, FCC has plenty of great transition resources for you to use. Whatever stage of the transition journey you are in, visit FCC.ca slash knowledge, and if you have any questions, Make an appointment with your business advisor today. Wow, what an incredible journey we've been on. Nine steps is a lot to cover. Please take this moment to congratulate yourself on making it through the whole series. And like we mentioned at the beginning, the hardest step is the first one. So whether this podcast has been your first or 50th step, just remember you are now further ahead than you were before. 
Well, that about does it for today's episode. If you want, you can catch these conversations in real time on YouTube or through our website. You can also sign up for future events there and check out what we already have planned for new things coming in the next year. Until next time, dream, grow, thrive. This podcast has been brought to you by Ag Expert, farm management software designed for Canadian agriculture. Learn more at agexpert.ca. The FCC Knowledge Podcast is a Farm Credit Canada production.